Hey guys, just want to let you know the Patreon is up. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Beer City Media Podcast for all your extra Beer City Media needs. Now on with the show. He was the first of a new breed of American celebrity, the handsome, debonair, and super-intelligent mass murderer. His legend, fueled by his own insatiable appetite for exaggeration, would turn him into a monster, the arch-fiend of the age, and the greatest criminal of this expiring century. His murder castle, situated at the heart of the world's greatest exhibition, was reputedly the scene of unspeakable horrors. Yet, the truth about Dr. H. H. Holmes is far removed from the sensationalism that surrounds his name. No one did more to turn the gossip into legend than Holmes himself, which makes it all the more difficult to get the truth about the devil in the White City. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. More than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. Welcome <laughs> to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan Larry, Spring Hill Josh, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, the listener fan vote of the month, H.H. Holmes. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around. I love it that you bottom dollar, you lose the blues in Chicago, Chicago, the town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down. On State Street, that great street, I just want to say. I think I'm growing a mustache just from listening yeah. to Frank Sinatra. It makes me feel so manly. It's so thick and on both sides, it's like equal. <laughs> Better that than a penis. No, you just you wait. Yeah, that would make you get the greatest hits. That'll make things in- interesting in the shoot bedroom. Ah, For sure. I love Chicago, just in case you couldn't tell. Fucking, I do too. And you this are is Cubby's head to toe today. Absolutely. Always. Man. Opening day was Thursday, and the Cubs, uh, you know, faced the Texas Rangers and, of course, beat the with a score of two. <laughs> so, congratulations. Let me ask you this <laughs> the EFIS fans who still listen to all the Beer City Media podcasts, what are you, what are your, what's your, how how's your feel going into this baseball season? I think the Cubs are going to it'll be tight, but I think they'll finish in first, get make the playoffs, and anything can happen from there. Right on. Any other teams that you're looking at right now that you think are going to be good? This uh, the year? Dodgers are going to be good, of course. Or right. Boston won last year, but they made it the World Series. Um, Boston will be good. Yankees will be good. Sorry, Detroit fans, you're in a rebuilding. Period. It's going to be long and drawn out. Well, speaking Much of like rebuild- all of our sports teams, yeah, right. Speaking of rebuilding, that's going to come up later. So, hey yo, transitioning off. 
Because this is a conspiracy therapy podcast. We're in the Shoop Kitchen studio with the skeptic the beard and the Maluma Mommy. Maluma Mommy. Maluma Mommy. Maluma Mom. <laughs> Rad Dad 2019. Let me see them hashtags. Fucking Twitter. <laughs> All right. Truth Corner. Let's pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. This is kind of a hypothetical. Aren't they all? <laughs> well, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's been a real one yet. <laughs> I'm just saying. Josh knows how to throw a wet blanket on me. He's he's he uh, knows how, how to throw com- a slice of cheddar on or, or cheese on my face <laughs> and make me fall over. This is, by the way, <laughs> dumbest thing I've uh, yeah. seen. Please stop throwing cheese at your children and your pets. Mm-hmm. I liked the first video I saw. <laughs> yeah, the first time I saw it was funny, but then everyone's wasting. Like, if it's the American process, then I'm fine with it. Uh, when they start, when they start wasting like good Swiss and whole tire wheel, alone. the entire wheel. <laughs> I tell you what, if that's Pepper Jack, I will unfollow we that just, video. We just throw curds over here. That's what we do down here. Up here I right got in. a curd in my eye. <laughs> do you ever? Oh God! <laughs> Sounds like a good problem. Possibly. So, if this is for my sweet, sweet conspiracy therapy brother, therapist, therapist, conspiracy therapist crew, if you had your own hotel with shops and multiple floors, Mm. what would it be? Any style, any timeline, anywhere, anything. So, anything you want to do. Hotel. Aluma mommy, hotel skeptic. Dude, we're playing Minecraft in real life here. Yeah, Basically, no kidding. It's oh, Monopoly. We'll, we'll get to that in the five star shoutouts at the end of the episode. Ooh, it's almost mm. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and anybody who comes up with something off that, I mean, I can always start, or you guys can go. I, uh, I'll go. Okay. If no one else is ready. Yeah, go ahead. I would put my hotel in the middle of Times Square. Okay. In New York City, because. Price is there. I would either be there or in LA because you know you can get Top good dollar. money off yeah. of tourists. It's a it's a sweet tourist spot. Um, I would have it would be a hotel that had um all different kind of restaurants. It would be like a food court style hotel, okay. but not as dumpy as like a mall food court. Um, <laughs> there's no Zabaros. Yeah, there's no Zabaros. A and W. Nope, not Shout today. out to A&W, do make there's, good burgers. There's no hot dog on a stick. Oh, they're cheese curds. <laughs> of course, cheese true. curds. Very true. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would call it. But yeah, I, that's definitely where I'd put it, because I think that's where I could make the most money. Mm-hmm. I have, I'll go. I'll, I'm going to make a nice modern, nice new modern looking hotel. I'll go Chicago, because I love the city of, of Chicago. As does as does Ryan, we've been there. It's, Love it. It's my favorite place to go. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna go more b- bars and shops. Oh nice. Chicago, yeah, I have bars. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh and we'll we'll uh gosh. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a name. You know what? Actually, I would make it f- maybe instead of let's t- let's tear it down to the beginning, because the first the modern one went out of business. It's a bad idea on my part. We're going to do a farming community type because you're in the city. So this is a different experience. Mm -hmm. There's going to be fresh gardens on the first floor. Mm -hmm. All the restaurants are farm to table. Nice. 
You're going to have animals? Going to have a petting zoo for the kids? Nice. Petting Uh-oh. zoo where they can pick out the the cow that they're going to mm-hmm. eat that later. They're going to eat later. It's fun. <laughs> a, if, a fit you can fish for your own food. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we'll call it Hotel H O E. T E L L. I like it. Very, that's, you know, I would, I would go to that. Farm to table is a big thing right oh, now. Oh, I know. I know mine's probably been done by somebody, but I would do one here in Michigan and I would probably go Ooh. up to like putting the, back things back into the community. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't be here. <laughs> I would be going Grand Rapids, <laughs> but really, uh, I would probably go up to like, the Boyne City area because it's boing, 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 boing. beautiful up there. Never been. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, Petoskey, Boyne City. It's making Ryan laugh, but it is. And I would <laughs> erect a statue. I would erect a statue <laughs> of a big. You know, it would. I would. I would put a castle up there. Oh, and don't they have one in like your backyard right now? Yeah, a hotel that's really or bad. an apartment. That's There's a, a lion on it. Really? Yeah, yeah they have mini horses cheesy. in the courtyard. I tell you, whoever put that is not sparing any expense. No. No. It's bad. No expense. What's beautiful about it is you get a nice overlook of the industrial area. Yeah. And the highway. <laughs> highway and industri- industry. Well, and that's why I decided to go with like up north because it's beautiful, forested, yeah. and uh, you go at certain times of the year, like autumn, it's unbelievable but anyways it would be a castle and if each room would be designed in that same like it would be a, like essentially a game of thrones like concept where you would have these big uh, gorgeous beds and these these bedrooms with fireplaces and um i would call it the the bed of thrones <laughs> shame I would be I would be there in a heartbeat, but I would also probably be there with some rando girl that God damn it, why do I get so real on this show? God. I just know I I think that's awesome. Hookers at. I think it would be cool to because I'm sure being going down to Chicago and near Mm -hmm. you guys have probably gone to medieval times. Have not. I, oh, I've never been. I've been. I didn't to even that. know that it exists. Yeah, it's about forty-five minutes outside of Chicago. Of course, it is. Yeah, everything is really because Chicago is so goddamn big. Um, but anyways, I went there, and I think it would be cool if, like, maybe on like a Saturday night, you could have these like your guests come to a show where people fight in like a tourney, and like I don't know, like. Whoever wins, like they get it, like a kind of a cool novelty thing. So, yeah, I bought a dildo. Yeah, <laughs> a, like a giant broadsword like dildo. Yep, they could club the children when they're not going to sleep, so they can bang their hookers. Yep. My hotel would be called the Dribble, and it probably everything's be- the Dribble. Yep. And it's not even original. It's from last podcast on the left. What, the dribble? Yes. Where is that from last podcast? You said they had a a ride for single dads. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you did. You're right. Well, that was the name of my wrestler. Okay, we're (laughs) going to call this the uh, Pibble. (laughs) No, much different. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, okay. So basically the idea of this this place, and I'll come up with the name when I end this. Mm -hmm. So this is on a cliff. 
So it's like built into the side of a cliff. Okay. So it's like you're on the wall from Game of Thrones. Oh, God, we're doing too many Game (laughs) of Thrones references. (laughs) But the idea is that you're right by the water. And if you really want to, you can walk out and stare at the sun on Lake Michigan setting or coming up. Somebody's going to be coming up. Well, in that romantic scenery. I'm just saying. Not me. I've been. (laughs) I've been there before. It's very nice. I could, I mean, I could see this in Grand Haven or Chicago. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't Ooh. matter. But I would say, like, I, I think Grand Haven is more of the idea because being in the West Michigan area, you can kind of see, you get the dunes and you get the, oh, the yeah. scenery. Grand Haven does have a lot of large cliffs. Yes. And that's what that's I'm, I, in my head, I'm picturing. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing. So either, either way you're facing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there like the. De- the DeVos family owns that massive house by mm-hmm. the Probably. Lake, Lake Michigan. The answer, the question should be, does the DeVos family not own this large piece yeah, of property? Right? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you know, yeah. good on them. They dump a bunch back into the community and they've really created a great cancer research center here, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they own everything. Pretty much. <laughs> this, I, I think it would be more of like a resort for like um, sleepy dads. For single dads. <laughs> Sleepy single dad. A flashlight in every shower. <laughs> exactly. A flashlight in every shower and a cold beer as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, be a nice. cold a beer refrigerator fridge, in the shower. Which I sent Josh. They give you twice the lotion that you get in the normal hotel. <laughs> you get, a, you get a, a tiny travel size shampoo and conditioner and, and then like a normal size lotion. <laughs> And then the, the, the bellhop is like, excuse me, sir, but uh, exactly how tall are you? And you're like 5'8". And he's like, all right, we're going to have to adjust the fleshlight in the shower down about a foot. <laughs> yep. There's a special compartment if you're into pegging. Well, yeah. it's re- <laughs> right. It's like hot and cold. You have right. dildo or fleshlight. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Indeed. It's a sad dad sleepaway camp. This is an interesting Rondos. start to this episode. It is. I like that sad dad sleepaway camp. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Yeah. Okay, so when getting into the story of H.H. Holmes, we have to kind of delve into the World's Fair a bit. Now, the setting from which this whole period comes from the book that I read, The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, tells the tale of Chicago post the Great Fire of Chicago from 1871. This fire fucking sucked, by the way. Most. Some people think it was kids. It was a goat or something, right? Yeah, and some think it was some sort of animal Fucking thing. goats in Chicago. <laughs> God damn it, that goat kicked over that candle, and that candle led to that, a- Burned <laughs> that down TNT. Fire. And that TNT was by the gas station, and that gas station blew up the manure plant. This never would have happened if that guy didn't put that damn farm-to-table hotel here. And everything's made out of wood. It was a pun. I didn't mean anything by it. If it wasn't for the fact that the mayor at the time was the slide whistle player. (laughs) Finally, I got elected to something, but then I ruined the city. (laughs) So anyway, 1871 shit burns down. That reduced the mostly wooden with stone-covered frames. See, they, they would do this thing where they'd be like, yeah, these houses are brand new, and then they put like a <laughs> like 
tap on like a stone frame. <laughs> so it looks like it's like made of stone, mm-hmm. but also no, 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 it's a <clears throat> tinder box. <laughs> oh geez. Oh this, dear. Oh oh dear, we, we got here, we moved from Michigan, <laughs> and I was real excited to get into my new apartment. And I was shocked to find out it's made out of dry pine needles. <laughs> they said close to nature. I didn't. I, I didn't just, read the fine print. I just picture a bunch of Indians laughing outside of the city, like <laughs> white man, no understand white fire, man, no understand. Let's <laughs> wait for your Comcast, ha ha. The wood burns fast. Would they not fast. understand? <clears throat> I don't know why I keep doing that. I like it, That's, though. It brings me into it. It's Pocahontas's wingapo. <laughs> That's the hand motion. She, she, Josh. That's me clearing the mirror. In the- oh, he learned something! <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. It was bound of- to happen. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of last episode. I was almost like, should we have April teach Cantonese every episode or some sort of language. <laughs> just Cantonese word just of the, the day. the same word over and over again. <laughs> this is what soap is. Shing. Shing? Yeah, I don't know. Iris Shing? <laughs> okay, so anyway. Hmm. Now, given that the city burnt up, a lot of architects honed in on that. Building on this fertile, ver- fertile already populated... I mean, think about it, though. There is a city, a big city, a big city on on a, on a near a body of water, and it's populated already. Yeah, it's like an architect's dream. Side note: Yeah, soap in Cantonese is baizao. I learn new things every day on conspiracy therapy. For baizao, here we go. Pass the baizao, shishi. It's gonna go. Who passes the soap? This is I don't know. Like, <laughs> is this a shower? Now thing? I'm uh, right. It's a group shower. <laughs> <laughs> even in my even <laughs> even at my if I okay, Josh, you you were an athlete in school. <laughs> yeah. Say you forgot your soap. Are you really going with the pass the soap thing? No, no, that's weird. No, I don't care what situation <laughs> you're in. Passing the pass soap. the soap. Oh, just a second. Now you can have it. <laughs> That's not, I've said that to you in the shower. Okay, that's different. Right? You you just, but you said it to Ryan. What? New to me. (laughs) You son bitch, is he my cousin? Oh, here we go again. His cousin podcast. Oh, Lord. No. (laughs) YouTube conspiracy therapy. Check it out. So, anyway. (laughs) Now, I want to say, now, initially, when it came down to voting for the city that was going to host this big World's Fair, it came down to a heated vote on where it would be with New York, St. Louis, and Chicago heading it up. Now, in a excerpt from The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, we're gonna, I'm going to read a passage here, and it's going to kind of break down like... I think that what I like the most about this book is that it makes you kind of, it gives you the feel of the city at the time. So we know the Chicago Tribune. Mm -hmm. 
A Tribune clerk stepped to the window and pasted the first bulletin. The initial ballot put Chicago ahead by a big margin with 115 votes to to New York 72 with St. Louis next, followed by Washington. One congressman opposed having a fair at all and out of sheer cussedness voted for Cumberland Gap. I, I I'm trying it. to think where Cumberland Gap. I've heard of it, but like I cannot tell you what state that's in. We need to have a World's Fair in Delaware. Is that where Cumberland Gap is? <laughs> no, Hold on, it could be it. as far as I know. I'm thinking more like like South Dakota sounds about right for some reason. <laughs> it's a pass through the long ridge of the Cumberland Mountains within the Appalachians near the junction of Kentucky, Virginia, and Tennessee. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Well, Cumberland Gap. Yeehaw. Tennessee. It'll be beautiful scenery. Maybe. It's 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 in a <laughs> For mountainous sure. Yeah, region. it's a mountainous region. There's no maybe. If there's not a bunch of hot now rappers everywhere. When the crowd <laughs> outside the when the crowd outside the Tribune saw that Chicago led New York by forty three votes, it exploded with cheers, whistles, Yay. and applause. <laughs> Everyone knew, however, that Chicago was still 38 votes shy of the simple majority needed to win the fair. Other ballots followed. Daylight faded to thin broth. The sidewalks filled with men and women leaving work. Typewriters, the women who operated the latest business machines, streamed from the rookery, the Montauk, and other skyscrapers wearing under their coats the customary white blouse and long black skirt. That so evoked the keys of their Remingtons. Cab drivers cursed and gentled their horses. A lamplighter scuttled across the edges of the crowd, igniting the gas jets atop cast iron poles. Abruptly, there was color everywhere. The yellow streetcars and sudden blues of telegraph boys jolting past with satchels full of joy and gloom. Cab drivers lighting the red night lamps at the backs of their hansoms. Jesus, was this written by Anthony? I'm going to keep this brief. <laughs> if I'm fucking up, I apologize, but I'm trying to paint a scene here. No, no, it's just the wording. It's like, I'm my lady. <laughs> oh, it is my lady. Yeah. And I want to get to a certain point because I think it's going to cause Larry to fall over in a, <laughs> in a <laughs> laughter. A, no, it will. I know you're good enough. A large gilded lion crouching before the hat store across the street. Meow lady. (laughs) (laughs) In the high buildings above, gas and electric lights bloomed in the dusk like moonflowers. The Tribune clerk again appeared in the newspaper's window, this time with the results of the fifth ballot. Quote, the gloom that fell upon the crowd was heavy and chill. A reporter observed New York, New York had gained 15 votes, Chicago only six. The gap between them had narrowed. The barber in the crowd pointed out to everyone in his vicinity that New York's additional votes must have come from congressmen who previously had favored St. Louis. This revelation caused an Army Lieutenant Alexander Ross to proclaim, Gentlemen! I am prepared to state that any person from St. Louis would rob a church. Another man shouted, <laughs> or poison his wife. <laughs> oh, by the way, as a Cubs fan, I'll tell you, St. Louis would still do that shit. <laughs> Guys, I misspoke. Or poison his wife's dog. What, what he really said. 
Wouldn't that technically be your own dog? Yeah, that, right. That also drew a lot of agreement from the crowd. They're like, "Yeah, no, that definitely yeah, would definitely be your own dog. Would, yeah, that would definitely Louis, be your own dog." St. Louis dog's an asshole. St. Louis is fucking <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. Shits in the house sometimes. Fuck the Cardinals. But through the drama, <laughs> through the smoke, lamp lights, and carriages, and a new city that was being reborn, Chicago was voted in. So. With that said, we know about how it all began with the voting process that happened in the mm-hmm. city that everybody was on their pins and needles waiting to find out. I didn't know heroin was a problem back then. <laughs> Let's get into Henry Howard Holmes, who was born Herman Webster Mudgett. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. Mudgett. <laughs> was, he a sh- was he a short guy? No. <laughs> No, he was like, were you hoping he was like five, two? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Nope. He was like a, he was a good looking guy. Charismatic, loud, which is from the gilded age. I mean, these people are like, hello, how are you doing today? I am fine, sir. Well, that's to, yeah. You sound so much like George Takei when you said that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm fine, sir. Oh my! Henry. All right, let's get into it. Henry H. Holmes, whose real name was Henry 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 Midget Henry. I'm never gonna get through this. Henry H. Holmes, whose real name was Herman Webster Mudgett, was born in 1860 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, where his father was a wealthy and respected citizen and had been the local postmaster for nearly 25 years. Mm. I also want to cite the fact that this was all coming from PrairieGhost.com, also Murderpedia, and The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. I haven't said that enough. Mm. So... Early in life, Mudgett dropped his given name and became known as H.H. Holmes. I don't blame him. Yeah, right. A name under which he attended medical school. Mudgett. (laughs) One point Gryffindor. Mudgett. Mudgett. If you had to describe what somebody said. A Mudgett. Here's the. (laughs) What's a Mudgett? What's a Mudgett? Uh, They're the little guys from Star Wars Return of the Jedi, right? (laughs) Little fuzzy guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If someone yep, yep. told me their last name was Mudget, it sounds like they'd be in like a Lemony Snicket book. Right. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's what a Mudget is. He's H.H. Holmes. That makes him Triple H, which means anytime he walks into a room, he's coming in with some badass music. Because, I mean, if you have an entrance theme to anywhere, you may as well use it whenever you can. Imagine like an, a. Was Triple H in the New World Order? No. No. Can you imagine like H. H. Holmes coming into like the game, but like the weird nineteenth century version? Like yeah, my, it's time my, to play the game. It's a harpsichord see? going on. <laughs> yeah, but hurdy gurdy man having mm-hmm. playing buttons on a weird ventriloquist like keyboard thing. The drums are spoons. <laughs> 
Now, early in life, Mudgett dropped his given name and became known as H.H. Holmes, a name under which he attended medical school and began his career in crime. Thou shalt suck it. He was constantly in trouble as a boy and a young man, and in later years was remembered for his cruelty to animals, which oh, is one oh, of the okay, now I hate him. serial killer trademarks. What a cunt. Ooh. I'll allow it. His only redeeming trait was that he was always an excellent student and was well in school. That's according to the Wikipedia article that wrote about him. He was a self he was a self-proclaimed mother's boy. And a bit of a mother. I think that's on Pornhub right now, actually. Mother's boy. <laughs> you sent it to us, Angel. I thought that was funny. And then like Josh I thought Thomas. it was I thought it was like okay now we're sh- we've gotten to the point where we're sharing each other's masturbatory habits. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was funny too, just a little shocking as I was sitting across the table from a third grader at my tutoring job. Yeah, I, hit, I was like, yeah. "Oh, my phone went. Oh god, I'm just going to put that right back down." I picked it up and Garrett was right behind me. And I was like, "Oh, whoops." I was in the middle of masturbating and I had to stop. <laughs> I was so ashamed. I was masturbating and I sent it to my best friends. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. All right. So he's just there to read the articles. That's true. <laughs> to, to read the reviews. Yep. Sometimes. Okay. So he's a mom's boy and a bit of a loner. He had one friend growing up who rather suspiciously died in a fire. And to that, he replied, Mm, I'd rather be alone. Wow. So that's, All right, then. We're starting from there. I'd rather be alone. <laughs> Herman Webster Mudgett. <laughs> now, he was terrified of skeletons and death at an early age, in which I think maybe was the beginning of a sexual fashion, fascination that would come to light full hog later on. Full hog? <laughs> In fact, true story. He was locked in a closet. Some bullies locked him in a closet, closet. at a doctor's hospital with a skeleton. And it was as a child and it had a very transfixing effect because he was terrified. But it mm-hmm. also was like, do I like this? Facing your fears. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Yeah. He was a total pathological liar, all the while perfecting his talents in bribery and fraud. You see, he was a true salesman and a hell of a dealer. He did the old scam of showing someone a book or item that they may procure someone's something that may procure someone's interest, and then getting them to pay for a copy he'd send them in a mail within a week or the Pony Express or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, he always took the money that the people would say, oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. And then they never got their product. He even at one point did the scheme in Chicago pre to him actually living there. Hmm. And he was living relatively close at med school. And maybe in some ways that planted a seed for future events. In 19, or sorry, in 1878, Holmes married Clara Lovering, the daughter of a prosperous farmer in Loudoun, New Hampshire. And that same year, began studying medicine at a small college in Burlington, Vermont. He paid his tuition with a tidy legacy that had been inherited by his wife. Even as a student, though, Holmes began to dabble in debauchery. In 1879, he transferred to the medical school of the University of Michigan. I apologize for this. 
he was already there. So while there devised a method of stealing cadavers from the laboratory. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Bring it home. You just shove it underneath your coat? I mean. Insurance. <laughs> what, what, what would his roommate say? Sneak that out. Pushed it down the front of his pants. <laughs> These are the things I wish I would have questioned myself when I was doing the research. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> what does his roommate say? Like when he walks in with all these cadavers. I just keep security's like, fine. It's fine. Stop. Why are those legs sticking out of the top of your pants? He's oh. got two skeleton legs. Just two legs sticking up. Coming out of his overcoat. <laughs> down the front of his pants. Hey, shut up. He's got like a huge, huge mustache. Hey, shut up. Here's some grape drink. Shut up. I made it in my lab. Oh, uh, these? I... These are mine. These are mine. These are mine. I was born with a thing. They came out of my belly button. <laughs> We're researching it at Ann Arbor mm-hmm. Medical School. God damn it. Need me to stir your drink? Pulls out the bony <laughs> finger. <laughs> it's the big toe of this. <laughs> God, that's so fucked up. But anyway, he paid his tuition with the girl's father's inheritance. It's, it's, it's a lot of inheritance stuff that happens with this guy. Like, it's all about right the place. Dupes. Getting the girl mm-hmm. who has the funds coming in and then just taking it, killing her, You're taking rich the money. Girl. Yeah, and I'm gonna take your money because you know I got a mustache. I can get that money, honey, honey. Because I, I got two legs sticking out of my pants. <laughs> I love the fact that we're picturing him in medical school with a skeleton under his shirt. He's just like, hey guys, um, have you guys heard the the latest top forty song on the? Record. <laughs> Edward one. Van Hollen is the greatest harpsichord player I've ever heard. What's the name of that song again? I forget. Eruption. Oh, meanwhile, there's just like a random kid just dying who's selling newspapers on the corner. <laughs> extra, 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 extra. <laughs> Everything's gone to shit. It's 1890. 1860, who knows? I don't know. I don't don't get it, doctor. You told me I breathed burnt asbestos into his lungs every day. (laughs) And you said they would cure him. He had tuberculosis, so I made him eat his ancestors, who also had tuberculosis. I thought it was cool. Great American Vampire Panic in Ooh. episode two. We've been mm. doing this for a long time. Mm. Holy long shit. Wow. That, would, that was back when you were married. I know. <laughs> That's before I had a baby. Talk wow. Mm-hmm. Hi. That was That's before he worked at the post office. Uh, that was I don't work at the post office. That was before I think he turned 40. Dude, that's Whoa. when... <laughs> That was decades ago. That's when Josh was even on the show. <laughs> I mean, he was on the show, but he was—he was a special guest. For like, oh, haven't left yet. Three, <laughs> three episodes. We had you as a special guest, and then we're like, "All right, we just made well, Josh." Yeah, because I couldn't get my little brother to show up to anything. Yeah, 
Tem- I mean, technically, the first two episodes. Why are we doing it? No, get back to the damn thing. All yeah, right, actually, sorry. I'm starting to rethink this whole Josh thing. <laughs> <laughs> Special right. guest for 147 <laughs> episodes. episodes. Uh, <laughs> you're cemented. Don't worry about it. Oh, shit. You'll never yep, go You're going to blocks on your leg. You'll and you're going for a go. swim in the river. <laughs> in Chicago, no less. So let's talk about Holmes' debauchery in 1879. I love debauchery. He transferred to the medical school of University of Michigan, like I said, in Ann Arbor. We're all there. Devised a method of stealing cadavers from the laboratory. He would then disfigure the corpses and plant them in places where it would look as though they had been killed in accidents. Pretty hmm. smart. Like under a horse, <laughs> or just put like a bunch of like in a refrigerator in a bathtub with a toaster, or just like take a bunch of empty TNT casings and like throw them around a corpse and be like, he blew up. It was wildly. Coy- I saw a coyote he ran that way. Really blew up. There's a knife sticking out of his chest, but okay. <laughs> uh, circumstantial evidence, sir, has nothing to do with it. I think it was kids. Rowdy Satanist kids mm-hmm. don't understand the Bible. Coincidentally, Holmes had already taken out insurance policies on these family members, quote unquote, and he would collect out on them as soon as their bodies were discovered. So his, oh, idea, his okay. thing was that he would use bodies, put insurance policies <laughs> on them, take the money, take the money and run. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Guys need like eight hints to get that one on the physical. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. Sorry. I, I listened to that and I, I actually cried into my soup at lunch. This one I listened to. <laughs> a few months after he completed his most daring swindle, insuring a corpse for 12500 and carrying out the plan with an accomplice who would later become a prominent doctor in New York, he left Ann Arbor and abandoned his wife and infant son Okay, so he he was married and had an infant son. Mm-hmm. Cashed in this twelve, which twelve thousand back in what? This 18, was the big score. This is like the moment. Was where this eighteen like, what? He was like whole eighteen what? We're thinking like eighteen ninety seventy nine. I'm trying to vamp here while Josh does. Nineteen thirteen would be how much the, was it again? Nineteen twelve thousand. Which also is when the Federal Reserve was actually established, which mm. kind of makes you think when they talk about inflation calculators. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we're talking how much? Twelve thousand dollars inflated to now would be three hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars, and well, three hundred twenty-six thousand six hundred forty-four dollars. That's not leave your family money. Depends <laughs> on how much you like your family, I guess. After this night, That's, I feel okay. like I could. <laughs> Leave your family money is like I never have to work again. Yeah, true. I don't know. Like three hundred twenty thousand dollars is going to buy a nice house and then give you a, a, a investment into retirement. Mm-hmm. That's one person, though. Remember, he did this to multiple people. But this was the big. This score. was the this biggest. Is the this big is score, the biggest yeah. score. Okay, yeah. fair enough. To get away from my kids, though, I don't know. Ah. Tempting. Twelve bucks and a couple <laughs> right. of cans, a couple a, of packets of oatmeal, a, a gift card to McDonald's. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is that strawberries and cream? Always. <laughs> Go on, take yeah. the oatmeal and run. Oh, sorry, hon. <laughs> going to the store for a pack of smokes. <laughs> and, uh... Peaches and cream. <laughs> oh, maple and brown sugar. 
I love this show. <laughs> oh, plane. <laughs> Put some money in it. So after that, Holmes dropped out of sight for six years. What became of him during most of this period is unknown. And later on, even Pinker- Pinkerton detectives. All those damn Pinkertons. They're some of the most <laughs> intense individuals ever. Were unable to learn much about his activities in these years, although they did come across traces of his trail in several cities and states for a year or so. He was engaged in a legitimate business in St. Paul and so gained the respect of the community that he was appointed the receiver of a bankrupt store. He immediately stocked the place with goods, sold them at a low price, and then vanished with the proceeds. From St. Paul, Mm. he went to New York and taught school for a time in Clinton County, boarding at the home of a farmer. Yeah, it's my county. (laughs) It's definitely not a dry county, if you know what I mean. Bill, how you doing? (laughs) Doing good. How's Monica doing? I haven't seen her in quite a while. She won't return my calls. Or texts. Or my texts. Do you text her? I text her with my dick. You haven't learned. You got a super kicker. (laughs) Bill. See how good I am. Are you uncircumcised? Because that seems very precise. Yeah, I am. um, Cut. Cut Clinton. <laughs> All right. Please bring Larry back. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know why I went in that direction, but there you go. That's fine. Comedy. It always goes with whatever. So, all right. So here we go. Now, from St. Paul, he went to New York and taught school for a time in Clinton County, like we said, boarding at the home of a farmer near the village of Moore's Forks. He seduced, <laughs> he seduced with his mustache, mm-hmm. the farmer's wife, oh, and yeah. disappeared one night, leaving an unpaid bill on a pregnant landlady. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> My man! That's, that's the dream right there, isn't it? Think so. Go take the money and run. <laughs> like you just picture the the farmers like, where's my come wife? On. Come on, make the farmer's wife come. <laughs> I just picture the farmer running around like the pitchfork, <laughs> more forks, <laughs> more than one pitchfork. Italian pitchforks and uh, uh both his, hands. His head's on fire, so he has light. <laughs> God damn it! Where'd that varmint go? <laughs> <sighs> After that, Holmes dropped us. Oh, okay. We, we already did that. So in 1885, Holmes turned up in Chicago. After all this stuff, post-hospital, post-one wife, Holmes goes back to Chicago and opened an office. He was posing as an inventor at the time in the North Shore. A suburb, vendor? Suburb an Avenger? Of- Which one? I can't tell inventor. you said it. Inventor, Sorry. vendor, or Avenger? Inventor. Okay. No, he... It was. Here's the thing. At the time, you could you could like literally change your name overnight, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you could just walk up to somebody. It's nice to meet you, sir. We'll say names. Ramon. You could be just Pariga. You could. I am a great inventor from Poland. Like we learned in the in the vampire one, you could just open up a doctor's office. You didn't have to like be a doctor. There's no yeah. licensing. Jeez. No, there's, there's no internet. There's nothing that can keep track. Well, there's of like that. there was no. It wasn't even a th- like a. Th- you didn't have to be licensed. Mm-hmm. You just Indeed. call yourself a doctor. 
People oh, are, if you could do that and and just reinvent yourself with a new name and a new job, what it would be? Dr. Jones! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be Dr. Ficklefingers, gynecologist. <laughs> Ficklefingers. <laughs> I would say because if I did not, I don't know if you knew this, but it used to be called hysteria Mm -hmm. for women. And the cure was the doctor would finger you. Yep. Orgasms were the cure for hysteria. Mm -hmm. Because guys back then sucked at sex, apparently. (laughs) Um, Or they didn't do enough sucking at sex. I can't tell. Um, come over here, Miss Little uh, Maybelline. Let me just insert this index finger into your vaginal canal, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna sing a few Lord's hymns <laughs> and uh, uh, whatever you enjoy. If you orgasm, oh goodness, uh, I think you enjoyed my. Uh, oh goodness, yeah, I, th- I think this is working. I think I think you're having a good time. Oh, goodness. You, I didn't believe in squirting until now. I'm, my whole forearm is covered in your... Zenzizis and baby. Oh, my God. I, I just butthole. hit a spot. I don't know what to... Uh. <laughs> Gee, what should I call that spot? <laughs> oh, my God. That just happened. <laughs> Ooh. What oh episode are we doing right now? We'll find that G-spot, girl. So... God damn it, soundboard. You've never her- regretted those dolphin noises more. <laughs> you you Kill King. If that was your girl's O sound. <laughs> I'd be like, what is going on here? <laughs> it could be worse. Be a- I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> like a menagerie of farm Spanish? animals. And then, <laughs> and then pair that with Ryan's burp. Yeah. <laughs> Just the rutting sounds of. <laughs> With the squishing, with the squishing. <laughs> now, I want to mention. Pair that, that with a. <laughs> I want to mention. I want to mention that in medical school, he also got into insurance fraud. By the way, <laughs> him and a fellow student engaged in using a corpse from the school and tagging it as one of them. And as you see at the time, you could take out a policy on someone and take clearly <laughs> put a policy on a dead person. You could change your name. How long did it take for insurance companies to catch on to that thing? Well, they did. <laughs> it was a racket. No doubt. And he'd never get caught with hold on. Did you confuse yourself? A little bit. <laughs> no. He, w- he wouldn't get caught because as long as at the time his accomplices would inextricably, inexplicably, I guess that works, inexplicably, they would disappear. Like everybody that was tied to whatever hustle they had going on, they would disappear. All right. Time to get in the murder castle. Yeah. Murder. Sounds like a Rob Zombie. Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and stay the night in my murder castle. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
I thought that was going to be weird, but it worked. <laughs> Murder Castle. Everybody wants to know the story about this, right? Oh, I just finally got a new job, but now I'm a bellboy in a murder castle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Bro, they don't have any uh, fucking TVs on the fucking... T- uh, I-, I was going to watch the Celtics, and then I was looking over over there, and I was like, I, lo- I-, I fucking love Tom Brady, bro. Why can't I watch the fucking Patriots play a fucking football game? Oh, because it's 1873. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, did you just say that you wanted to watch the Celtics and then brought up Tom Brady? Because he's Mark Wahlberg. It's the, it, you're, it, it, there's a crossover period where football <laughs> is winding down and basketball is picking up. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So out of this place, this insane Skeletor's but it, castle. Just ignore of- the fact that it's 1870 something. <laughs> and there's no TV. <laughs> so how did this place, this insane Skeletor's castle of Greece, Castle of Grayskull. <laughs> Grease shoots, shops, and a death cellar come to be. Greased sh- wait, greased shoots? Yes, these shoots had grease on them. So the bodies could slide down? <laughs> fa- really? So the bodies could fly... Okay. Ooh, it sounds like a fun slip and slide. All I can envision Except now you hit a dead body. is him waddling over there with a corpse in his pants and like <laughs> emptying it out into the grease chute. <laughs> Finger gets caught in a oh, belt God loop. Can't shake it off. <laughs> he's like humping. He's just like trying to hump it, but the, the corpse head just keeps hitting the wall. Just <laughs> God damn it. I greased these chutes. <laughs> You're supposed to go downstairs. <laughs> Finger won't go He's back my... Back it. Damn it! Stop it! Finally. <laughs> Crap, I missed the shoot! Alright, let's get into it, guys. How did it come to be? At the time, there was a rush of men coming into the city for work, and it was damn near a constant influx of people needing work. There's also women everywhere who are like, I'm going to find a man. I'm going to Chicago. I'm a hot bitch in Indiana. I'm going to Chicago. Where's that dick? Do you Girl, have- I'm going to fuck you in your pussy. I'm going to come in your pussy. It's coming out my dick. It's going in the pussy. The pussy. So what if... You are such an eloquent man. <laughs> I'm just saying. They, they came... They came to the so city. So eloquent. They came to the city trying to. They came to the city trying to find like a good, stable job or a nice man mm-hmm. with a good and stable dick. There, there were many. There were many women constantly. So, gonna nip you in your dick. This was all during the buildup leading to the World's Fair. He had a plan. H.H. Homestead, to run the place he would soon acquire as a hotel for millions of travelers. But it all started like this. Shortly after Holmes married Myrtle. Myrtle. Beltnap. Myrtle Beltnap. Wow. I bet she was a looker. (laughs) (laughs) He began working in a drugstore. I am Myrtle Beltnap. (laughs) Imagine the toe fungus on Myrtle Beltnap. He began working in a drugstore in the Inglewood neighborhood at the corner of 63rd and Wallace Street. 
The store was owned by a Miss Holden, an older lady who was happy to have the young man take over most of the responsibilities of the store. Strangely, in 1887, Miss Holden vanished without a trace. A short time before, Holmes announced that he was that he had purchased the store from the widow just prior to her moving out west. The unfortunate lady had not surprisingly left no forwarding address. In 1889, Holmes began a new era in his criminal life. After a short trip to Indiana, he returned to Chicago and purchased an empty lot across the street from the drugstore. He had plans to build a huge house on the property, and work was started almost immediately. His trip to to Indiana had been profitable, and he'd used the journey to pull off an insurance scheme with the help of an accomplice. Now, this is where we meet our Igor, because every uh, like supervillain has like an accomplice, mm-hmm. like a right hand man. This man's name was Benjamin Peitzel. Now, Peitzel. I identify with him and you'll find out very soon why. So Rad Igor, 1879. Yeah. The Confederate Moscovich. Now, so his trip to Indiana had been profitable and he used the journey to pull off an insurance scheme. Like I said, with his help of Benjamin Peitzel, the Confederate later went to jail as a result of the swindle, but Holmes came away unscathed. So Benjamin Peitzel went to jail for that Mm -hmm. whole bullshit. His accomplice and probably the saddest of the characters in this story, Benjamin Peitzel, was a drunk dad with seven kids. Ah! <laughs> I see the connection now. <laughs> oh, yeah. He needed work. He was he was an easy person for Holmes to manipulate. And as things got crazy towards the end, he fell into an insurance plot Holmes used to in the past to claim life insurance money. But we'll get to that. The ground floor of the castle contained, aside from Holmes' own really relocated drugstore, various shops, a jewelry. All the upper two floors contained his personal office as well as a maze of over 100 windowless rooms with doorways that would open to brick walls, oddly ang- angled hallways, stairways to nowhere, doors that could only be opened from the outside and a host of other strange... And labyrinth constructions. Holmes had repeatedly had repeatedly changed builders during the initial construction of the castle. So he would like literally hire somebody and be like, "Can you build a staircase here?" And they're like, "Ten four, sir. Build a staircase, make it happen." And then like literally, Holmes would walk up like when they're finishing it. And be like, God damn it. This is not of my specifications. Get out. And like, because he did that, they're like, nobody knew what exactly was being built. Exactly. Did he pay them? No, he never did. That's a great idea. The whole second floor was built that way. So he it took advantage of the fact that the workforce was so hungry for work and money mm-hmm. at the time because you're rebuilding a city that just burnt down. Mm-hmm. 
seemed smart. The guy was a scummy, but smart pathological mm-hmm. liar who used people to the nth degree. And I'm going to get to it. There's going to be a point where we're all going to be puking on the side of the road. Like fucking it gets Sweet. bad. I'm just, <laughs> gosh. Yeah. This all reminds me of someone else. We, we do know scummy, not paying for jobs that we're getting completed. Hmm. Who is that? Who is that we know? So I chunt. <laughs> now, over a period of, period of three years, Holmes selected female victims from among his employees. Now, we're going to get into the murders here. Many of whom were required as a condition of employment to take out life insurance policies for which Holmes would pay the premiums, but also be the beneficiary. Beneficiary. Close enough. Everybody shakes their head when I. No, no, no. I was. I'm listening to what you said. Beneficiary. Like, yeah. It's Beneficiary. Like, yes. Lovers and hotel guests. Oh yeah. And the um, <laughs> like would torture and kill them. Some good lord were locked in soundproof bedrooms, fitted with gas lines that permitted him to asphyxiate them at any time because he liked chloroform. That's so fucked up. Some victims were locked in a huge bank vault near his office. He could sit and listen as they screamed, panicked, and eventually suffocated. He was fapping off like a mother. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was beating off like a madman, shooting off in his pantaloons. That was his kink. He was a process killer and a product killer. So he's a mashup of Dahmer and Gacy. Because... Like Dahmer in that he used their bodies for money and like Gacy in that the act, it was what got him off. Mm -hmm. So he's one of those mishmash. So this this is a perfect killer for us to jump to after that. The victim's bodies went by a secret shoot. Went by a secret. Went by a secret shoot to the basement where some were meticulously dissected Stripped of flesh, crafted in skeleton models, which he would sell medical schools. Hmm. Holmes also cremated some of the bodies or placed them in lime pits for destruction. Holmes had two giant furnaces as well as pits of acid, bottles of various poisons, and even a stretching rack. Hmm. Through the connections he had gained in medical school, he was able to sell skeletons organs with little difficulty. Holmes picked one of the most remote rooms in the castle to perform hundreds of illegal abortions. Some of his patients died as a result. Now, by the way, we were going to do a time capsule, but there's so much information to cover that we didn't. But his reign of terror and everything that happened, my time capsule date was picked as Christmas Eve 1891 because one of the many wives that he picked, he actually killed her and the unborn baby. On Christmas Eve, eighteen ninety-one. Now, is, did you describe all the rooms that you wanted to? Because there was one more room that I read about that, like, was probably Go the ahead. worst to Go me. Ahead. There was one room that he, or maybe more than one, but uh, it was pretty much surrounded in steel plates, and there was blow torches on those steel plates. So what would happen is, is he would start all these torches, and the rooms would heat up. And that's how these people would die from the heat. It was like being in an oven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he, his thing was watching. Like, he liked to either 
asphyxiate someone or watch them burn to death. I mean, just imagine being he in that room the- and being made into human bacon. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of somebody walking in and then realizing they're going to die and then him being like, no, you're fine. I'll get you out. Mm-hmm. And then them slowly realizing I'm not getting out. Mm-hmm. That was where his like pecker tip almost touched his chin. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. He's like a turtle. Ow. Because turtles have really big dicks that like almost touch their heads. So this guy had a giant dick, too. Good no, he him. was saying that when they were when they realized that they weren't going to live, he said that's when his pecker almost touched his ah. chin. I thought I had something going in this guy. <laughs> Get our juice. Um, so anyway, one of his last relationships was with a lady named Minnie Williams, who was a Texas heiress. Now, Minnie Williams lived at the castle for more than a year and knew more about Holmes crimes than any other person. Mm. Police investigators would state there was no way that she could not have had guilty knowledge about many of the murders besides being ultimately responsible for the deaths of Julia and Pearl Connor. Minnie was also believed to have instigated the murder of Emily Van Tassel, a young woman who lived on Roby Street. She was only 17 and worked at a candy store in the first floor of the castle. Now, this, now these people that he killed are these people who chose to get rooms here? Mostly. People, okay, they, I wasn't sure. If but, were, but, there, but a lot of times was it was also the, the, the females that bedded him or that oh. he bedded. So it was almost like a Sweeney Todd esque, very like, but also like he was a Rico. I mean, he was a Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. but realistically, right? Like where most the Johnny Depps of the time had like two teeth and they were pointing like different mm-hmm. ways, right? Ah, and his penis wasn't just like hanging out of his like pantalones. Like you could literally see this guy and be like, "Oh, he's a good looking dude," and he knows what it means to be presentable. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining a big dick. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean this 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 guy this guy's intense. It's in a castle. Three stories though, is that really a castle? I, these are thoughts that I have while I'm like, more like researching. A, this. Yeah, it's more like a medical building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a, like a, a motel, maybe a motel. Yeah, yeah, not quite a hotel. No, it's like a yeah, maybe like a like a Fairfield Inn. Oh, <laughs> by the way, those victims' bodies—they were sent through a secret chute to the basement where they were meticulously dissected, stripped of flesh, crafted into skeleton models. And then sold to medical schools. Holmes also cremated some of the bodies and placed them in lime pits for destruction. Holmes had two giant furnaces as well as a pit pits of acid. No, we we covered this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted you to remember. (laughs) (laughs) And my bad.
So I'm going to keep this brief. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Minnie, we were talking about Minnie, right? Yes. Yes. Minnie had a sister named Nanny. Of course she did. Minnie Minnie and and Nanny. Nanny. And Nanny came to see her because she was like, what's going on? (laughs) Minnie? Well, I'm Nanny. And she's like, hey, there's a World's Fair happening. Do you want to have an elephant ear? I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah. Hi, Minnie. Hi. Minnie here. Ha <laughs> ha. Minnie, what are you doing at this castle here? <laughs> I'm trying to get away from your abusive ass, Mickey. <laughs> Minnie? You drink too much. And you come home and you rough up the kids. Minnie, don't tell me how to live my life. Do you know how hard it is to be a mascot? <laughs> it's our life, okay? Not just your life. What you do affects all of us as a family. I don't care what you say. I'm going to take Pluto. We're going to go away. <laughs> yeah, that's why I left. All right. Listen to this. Minnie also knew about the murder of Emmeline Sagrand, a beautiful young woman who worked as a stenographer at the Keeley Institute in Dwight, Illinois. Ben Peitzel went there to take a drunkenness cure because, by the way, like I said, he was drunk. Mm-hmm. He was like, fucking, I got seven fucking kids. Listen. I'd drink too if I had seven kids, to if be I fair. If I had fucking seven kids, I'd literally be like, I can't podcast anymore. I can't work anymore. <laughs> I can't shit anymore. Because there's literally... <laughs> Poop. There's, <laughs> there's literally kids here that are going to drive me fucking nuts. I just read online somewhere, uh, someone said, you're not truly a parent unless you've said to a child, you need to back up and give me some space so I can wipe. And I'm like, that's the truest thing I've ever heard. No, I know. It makes <laughs> wanna, that shit makes me want to cry. All right. Single dad 2019 here. So we're going to keep going through this last part here. <laughs> I just wanted to see your- I look like, oh, God. (laughs) Now, hashtag one more thing. I'm going to keep this brief. (laughs) Okay, fine. Fuck it. I'll skip ahead. There's there's so much shit to cover with this guy. It's really hard. Okay. We get the point. He's a murderous asshole. All right. In July of 1984, Holmes was arrested. 1984? That's impressive. That's a long killing spree. Dude is 180. All right. In July of 1894, Holmes was arrested for the first time. It was not for murder, but for one of his schemes. The early horse swindle. He tried to steal a horse. Horse theft. Horse thievery. Tried shoving that down his pants, too, and that went really poorly. Georgina promptly bailed him out, but while in jail, 
He struck up a conversation with a convicted train robber named Marion Hedgepeth, who was also known as the Handsome Bandit. Ooh, Ooh. there you go. Damn. You probably know as the Butt Fugly Bandit. <laughs> 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 the butt fugly bandit. <laughs> <laughs> they call me the butt uh, fugly bandit. I have lobster claw hands and Cleft feet. I'm, I'm trying. Cleft feet. <laughs> yes. My dick looks like a magic marker. I have one of those. It looks like I had oil injection in it. My penis is so fat and wobbly. It's like one of those dragon looking dildo things. <laughs> all right. I have weird calcium deposits all over my skin. <laughs> The butt fugly bandit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh. So he met that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was kind of his downfall, actually. Mm. But we'll get to that. Now, Minnie's brother was killed in a mining accident in Colorado, which is said to have been arranged by Holmes. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. But Minnie is-, is also supposedly knew about a lot of the deaths that happened in the year that she stayed with him. And she was a doughy. Um, now, this is according to biographers, but mm. like she wasn't, she wasn't pretty. She just fit the description. She was of second a, cousins with a butt fugly bandit. That's me. Sister cousin. She's my sister and my cousin. She had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But she was a rich bitch. You're a rich girl. I'm going too far. No, no, man, anyway. You can rely. I know it makes money. You can rely. I know it makes money. So, so, as with Julia, Holmes also managed to get Minnie to go along with his deadly schemes, although in Minnie's case, it was even easier to manage her complicity. Apparently in June of 1893, according to Holmes, Minnie had accidentally killed her sister, Nanny, during a heated argument. She had hit the other girl over the head with a chair, and she had died. Holmes had protected Minnie by dropping the body into Lake Michigan. Oh, whoops. Some believe that Minnie had not killed her sister at all but had merely stunned her with the cheer. It had been Holmes, they say, who finished the woman off and who gained himself yet another accomplice. Now, many sister Nanny came to visit for the exposition, like I said. Now, let's talk about... Them damn owls. The handsome <laughs> bandit in Holmes. Gay. In July of 1894... Holmes was arrested for the first time. It was not for murder, but for one of his schemes. Like I said, he went through trying to steal horses with Benjamin Peisel. Is you know, I would say H. H. Holmes, Leonardo, H. H. Holmes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Benjamin Peisel, John C. Riley. 
That's my okay. Okay. my casting for the movie. Because mm-hmm. they are going to do a movie about this. By I the thought way. they were already in the works. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Martin Scorsese's directing. Oh, awesome. No, it's this is this perfect. I would do this in a heartbeat. I know I'm fucking it up daily. Mm-hmm. Secondly. <laughs> but anyway. So these people. Let's talk about the escape and capture. I thought the execution. No, we have to actually, now that I think about it, do we cover? Okay, so we know about the handsome bandit. Mm-hmm. We know that he's the guy that talked to Holmes while he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that he was in prison is because, like I said, he stole hor- tried to steal horses, mm-hmm. which is like, like basically in Texas, if you're like, hey, I tried to steal a horse, like literally people will be like, well, you must be a mom. Fo-. Like, it's like somebody saying MF or mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like in Texas, if you tried to take another man's horse, it's basically like you just being like the shittiest human on the planet. Mm-hmm. So. He struck up a conversation with a convicted train robber named Marion Hedgepith. Who was serving a 25 year sentence. Holmes had concocted a plan to bilk an insurance company out of $20,000 by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his death. Holmes promised Hedgepith a $500 commission. Now, when Holmes, when Holmes and Peitzel went to Texas to try to collect on Minnie's will. Now, Minnie was part of like a big nice little land tract con like they had things set up for her she had huge Many, tracts of land huge tracts of lands great totally i'm gonna keep this brief for reasons unknown holmes chose philadelphia as a site for his next venture so like he literally goes there it's screwed on the horse stealing thing and then ends up in Philadelphia. Which is even worse. <laughs> he insured Peitzel for 10000 and made Peitzel's wife, Carrie, who stayed behind in St. Louis, the beneficiary. The plan was to fake Peitzel's death, collect the money from the insurance company, and split the profits between them. I'm going to keep this brief. Peitzel sadly did confide in his daughter before he was killed and or disappeared by home, supposedly that if he was found to be dead in news, it was no accident. Hmm. So there's one of these like super sad moments where like she literally she literally is like she walks in on her dad. Her dad is like a drunk like literally soused out of his mind. Like every time he gets an insurance payment from Holmes, who's trying like, and I'm going to get to it, trying to capitalize on that. She like walks up to her dad, who's at like the kitchen table and their their tiny little house. And he's literally like, he loses me. 
amazing's to happen to me. It's not true. Like that. Hmm. Like (laughs) calling it out before basically before it happens. Yeah. And truth be told, everything fell apart after that. Because one, we have Peitzel who set up shop. He set up things to happen. And then they slowly, ex- like, he died. They, he literally went to where Holmes told him to go, and he died. His family was waiting for the money to come to them, and it never came. It seems like that's the problem that Holmes had, is that he's basically a broken record. Trying to do the same thing over and over with these insurance insurance fraud. Right, like it works. Yeah, like so he keeps doing it. Right. But eventually, yeah, eventually it's going to backfire on him. Right. Exactly. So it's no surprise that it, it, it all caught up with him eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tried really well, but there was an amazing man who I'll talk about in the second segment when we get to it. But I will say this one thing. One more thing. Hashtag one more thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep this brief. <laughs> Holmes is about to go on a road trip with Peitzel's kids. All right. Yeah, stop at the gas station. Guess Pick me up some Slim Jims. Some Slim Jims and uh, some Gatorade and a hey. uh, couple Twix. Time out. Like I said, road trip. Oh, yeah. Gas station stop. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, is it I, want to talk to, I want to talk to Josh here. Beef Real Jersey. Josh. Oh, what is it? Doesn't matter what time of the day. So you can, can pretend whatever time of the day it is. You, you, mm-hmm. you can, if your favorite stuff's in the morning, do the morning, whatever. All right. Gas. Okay. I want Josh here. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's just exciting now. Your gas station go to snack. Easy. Tornados. Okay. Pepper Jack and. Uh, yeah, tornadoes, the Jack tornadoes for sure. With okay. a, if I'm if I'm on a road trip, I'm going to need some energy, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with a big ass Red Bull. Okay. Mm-hmm. Coffee and Twix. Oh, it's a good Ooh, pick. It is. I'm going to go with the Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Slim Jim. Mm. Some flaming hot Fritos. Ooh, Ooh nice good choices. Well, my ass doesn't think so. <laughs> Believe me, neither do those the Pepper Jack tornadoes and Red Bull. <laughs> So, and then came the insane road trip that Holmes went on with Peitzel's kids and the final act of horror before the story came to an end. And after the break, the horrible journey of Alice, Nellie, and Howard Peitzel. We're going to take a break. We'll see you on the other side. He soon found himself in Chicago in 1888, where, through deceit and dishonesty, he acquired a plot of land at an intersection. Here, he began the construction of the titular murder castle. See, we're getting there. It only took four and a half paragraphs. This quote-unquote murder castle was a five-story hotel, designed entirely by Dr. Holmes, whose express purpose was to lure in, trap, dismember, and ultimately murder unwitting guests. It's like a horror film, as I said previously, except it actually happened, and it would make a great film if more people knew about it. Hey, 
second segment time. Getting down some H.H. Holmes. Some sweet riffs. Groove Holmes. Yeah. The Beastie Boys Groove Holmes. Is there like a whole album of them just like jamming? They have. Um, yeah, there's two of them. There's uh, the In Sound From Way Out, which is a, a compilation from various albums. Then they have the Mix Up, which was a, a instrumental only album. Nice. Nice. Yes. So. By June of 1895, the Fidelity Mutual Life Association near 23rd and Fairmont Avenue Mm. was suspicious of Holmes. Hadn't Peitzel's stomach emitted the stench of chloroform when the autopsy was performed? And didn't they suggest foul play? Question mark. Mm. You may ask yourself about the kids. It was, getting, place. it was getting colder, and people had seen a man matching Holmes' description moving around well-dressed with three small, almost homeless children with ill-fitting In his pants. clothes. No, 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 no. He was just, like, walking around like, uh, be happy, children. <laughs> We're going to new places, <laughs> new sounds, new aquariums. Be happy. And the appropriate just, way to skin a man. And they're just like, Mr. Holmes, my coat doesn't cover my skin appropriately. I am cold as a motherfucker. <laughs> I learned that from the I learned that from the streets. So anyway. It was getting colder and the and people had seen a man matching Holmes' description moving around well dressed with three almost homeless children. Ill-fitting clothes because the kids did because I want to mention this real quick. The kids did write their mom mm-hmm. like, "Hey, mom, we're hang, fine. We're hanging out in Philly." But by the way, um, I'm cold as shit, and uh, this sucks. Holmes wasn't sending those letters to the mom, dropping him in the postal bucket. I don't know what it was at that time. I would assume like a a mailbox, a mailbox, but it was like an R two D two that collection box (laughs) (laughs) at the place that you could go to to make sure that your mail goes out. Right (laughs) now, there was this detective. His name was Frank Geyer, though. That's a strong de- de- detective guy. Frank Geyer. Um, yeah, that's a de- definitely a detective's mm-hmm. detective's name for sure. Detective. What was his name? Frank Geyer. The was, manliest of detectives. He was on the trail. He was an old timey detective, like a dirty, hairy type who knew murder and knew something was afoot as he did. I knew action. something was afoot. She was a lovely dame. Four feet tall, I say. She needed my help. She had long blonde hair. Came smoking a cigarette, she did. Flick. Flick the cigarette ashes on the floor. There's a comet trail of hot ash streaked across the air. I could tell this damn new business. My bad. And my business was bad. And I was into bad business. And she was bad. And she was good for business. Because I was into bad business, which made a good business. Frank. 
Frank, she said. Can you take this case? She said, asked if I could take the case. I said I could. Thank you. She thanked me. She did? She did. <laughs> Do you need a hand job? I was in need of a hand job. She asked if I could use a hand job, which was coincidental because I was thinking that as she said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Frank was happy. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So now we get into Guyer. This guy is a fucking awesome dude. He was on the trail, a real old timey guy, using the scant geographical information the children's letters provided. Guyer took train after train to cities across the country, even going as far as Toronto, where he and a fellow investigator found the bodies of Alice and. Nelly. Oh dear. Yeah. Nelly. Oh God. Yeah. Oh she, no. Oh God. Up here with the maple syrup and the maple leaves and the moose. I I I think you need to sit down, Frank Geyer. I think you need to have a good Molson. I, I think sit you down to have a good Molson. <laughs> I spoke with accents I'd never heard before. This guy needs a good uh, Canadian whiskey in his belly. I think if he actually had some, uh, I don't know, maybe maple syrup that mom made, uh, I mean, it, it would satiate his need for uh, uh, sugar. They offered me maple syrup and whiskey. I'd never heard of such a combination in my life, but they swore through their mothers that it would do me good. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Continuing on the story. <laughs> Now, these people would have been buried in the, they were actually buried in a cellar. Nellie's. So he killed the kids? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, this is getting. Oh, this dude is like, he does. Wow. Okay. Here it comes. Oh, no. This is the tale of this. This is the uh, climax of. Oh, yeah. Now, Nellie's feet were gone. Holmes had cut there in his pants. So police wouldn't Wait, he be did what he did what to the feet? He cut them off. So that <laughs> police wouldn't be able to identify her. Dang it, we can't take toe prints. They couldn't identify her club foot. He killed them by stuffing them, the two girls, in a large trunk, poking a hole in it and leaking gas from the lamp, just like he did in his murder hotel. He would he gas. Oh wow. So it was just like... He was so like, wait, well, did he cut the feet off first? No, after. Oh, thank God. That just sounds so much worse. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> they wouldn't uh, be able to identify that. And he'd killed them by stuffing the two girls in a large trunk, po- poking a hole in it, leaking gas from the lamp into the trunk. When Carrie Peitzel the mom or the wife of Benjamin Paisal was called to identify her girl's bodies. All that was left of Nellie was her thick black braid on her hair. The rest of her body was decomposed. In his book, Geyer, Frank Geyer wrote of the moment of Howard Paisal. That's the the son, the little boy Mm. of the discovery of his body. Quote, all the toil, all the weary days and week of travel, 
and and weeks of travel, sorry. Toll and travel in the hottest months of the year, alternating between faith and hope and discouragement and despair, all were recom recom oh, this is a weird word. All were recompensed recompensed. <laughs> Reconnaissance? Re- Recompensed. Oh boy. In that one moment. Reconstipated? Where is it? Recompensed? Thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm here for. I'm a tutor. Hey, if you need my tutelage, Look, the guy was I di- work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from five to eight. There you go. <laughs> the guy was a detective, not a wordsmith, apparently. Weeks later, Geyer, who called Holmes, quote, verily an artist in roguery, found the body of Howard Peitzel, the little boy in Indianapolis, where Holmes had strangled him, cut up his body, and burned the remains in a large stove. Finding Howard was the tragic end to Geyer's mission. It really broke him, I think. He wanted to find the kids and bring them home safe. I wanted to find the kids and bring them home safe. (laughs) I love that character. (laughs) When Peitzel's body was dug up once again from the American Mechanics Cemetery at 22nd and Diamond in September of 1895, the paper gave what it built, quote, a gruesome history, including the upcoming plan to have Carrie Peitzel identify her husband's teeth. Oh, how do you, what? Yeah, like that a is certain jagged. Okay, that is fucked up. Yeah. Quote, Can you imagine, I mean, imagine if they just came up with a handful of Josh's teeth. Are those are your husband. <laughs> Could these be your dead husband's right? teeth? I feel like if they were still in his jaw, I would know. If it was just skeleton and teeth, let's get. I would know. Quote, I would know. But still, you don't want to. No, of course not. But if Ugh. like if it came down to it, and someone yeah. asked me, like gave him his skull and said, "Hey, see all these teeth in this skull's mouth? Do those look like where your tongue went?" Oh, yeah, and I'd go, "Man, eh, probably." Quote: <laughs> Doctor Sidebotham will boil <laughs> Peitzel's head and remove what remains. Of the rotting flesh, he will bleach and articulate the skull, taking great care to keep the teeth in their original positions. The head will then be mounted and turned over to District Attorney Graham. When Mrs. Pysel reaches the city, the head will be shown to her, and if she can identify it by the particular teeth and her husband another strong link will be added to the chain of evidence that is gradually closing in around H.H. Holmes. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> in March of 1896, the Supreme Court denied Holmes' petition for a new trial, <laughs> and he was sentenced to death Good. by Woo-hoo! the murders of Pitesell and his children. 
The other murders at the castle and elsewhere weren't even pursued because law enforcement just wanted Holmes to die. Right. At that point, it just doesn't even matter. Well, it probably matters to the families, though. It does. And that'll Mm. come up here. If the editors at the Inquirer thought they had a good story with the ongoing Holmes case, they lost all self-control when he decided to publish his confession. Oh, no. Oh, boy. With them specifically, the Inquirer. In the issue of April 10th of 1896, they hyped the confession with enormous ads and headlines, quote, the most fearful and horrible murderer ever known in the annals of crime. His confession was written exclusively for next Sunday's Inquirer. Extra, extra, extra. <laughs> the most remarkable story of murder and inhuman villainy ever made public. Conviction lies in every line. The only way to describe it is to say it was written by Satan himself by one of his chosen monsters, unquote. Imagine being the editor at that point and having this story in front of you. Like, what do you say? I am. I had nothing to do with that writing. Oh, oh. (laughs) hi, Satan. We haven't seen you in a while. It's been a minute. (laughs) Doing well down there. Go on. You had a great point you were getting to there. I did. You did. Oh, I interrupted you. That's my fault. I apologize. All right. Let me continue. So when the confession finally appeared, it took up more than four full pages of the newspaper, including illustrations of the house on Kalal Street of Holmes murdering the Peitzel girls in the trunk of Holmes closing the vault of the cottage where Howard Peitzel was murdered, as well as drawings of the entire Peitzel clan and a floor plan of the castle and the months before Holmes execution at Moya Mensing the press began to slowly lose interest in the famous prisoner the Wednesday so fucking fascinating to me the Wednesday before the hanging it ran an inside article with a famous with a small headline called quote in the shadow of death unquote with a crude illustration of a guard sitting and watching Holmes in his cell. Through the paper printed a letter from Holmes to Carrie Peitzel through her Philadelphia lawyer in which he declared his innocence. So before he died, he said, oh, I'm innocent. Hmm. Of course. The comparatively short article was positioned between Advertorial. Uh, so there's advertisements. Here's a TikTok article. Great. <laughs> yeah. About homeopathic, about homeopathic medicine and a piece about a race between two Delaware tugboats. <laughs> the old fashioned <laughs> tugboat race. Will it be Mickey Mouse or will it be S- Steamboat Willie? On the day that stay tuned because it's the slowest race of all times. <laughs> Beat the cat. <laughs> Win this race. Oh, be- on the day that Holmes, <clears throat> on the day that Holmes died, May seventh, eighteen ninety six, a huge crowd showed up for the execution. Spectators had to be driven back by lines of policemen. The Inquirer wrote quite eloquently, "Quote: There was a good deal." 
of people in the crowds losing their minds. There was nothing. Giving sick kids jobs. Get your popcorn. (laughs) There was nothing they could possibly see the high forbidding walls. There was fascination. Coarse jets were bandied from lip to lip as the crowd surged to and fro, unquote. It was pandemonium. A certain number of tickets were granted for the execution, but twice that got inside by sheer force. Dude, I got backseat. I got backstage passes, bro. VIP. <laughs> VIP. Got a meet and greet. When Holmes began to speak as he was standing on the gallows, the crowd went silent. He made a brief statement denying he'd killed Pytel or his children. The executioner's hands trembled because he was scared as shit. And we should definitely cover executioners on this show. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that would I would like to a interview a special one. person to, to be an executioner. I, I mean, it's illegal. You're a legal murderer. Yeah. You, you, you think like you, once he crosses the door frame, it just. <laughs> oh, buddy, go uh, pick happy. up some bread and milk from the store. Uh, I'm going to make some cupcakes tonight, I think. <laughs> the executioner's hands slowed down and Holmes reassured him by saying, charming as always, quote, take your time, old man. Ooh. Wow. Sounds like he's taunting him. Take your time, old man. Quote, death was indeed merciful to the man who in his life had shown so little mercy. Read the inquiry's account published on the same day. That is the beauty of our Constitution. Quote, for a few minutes, there was a faint beating of the pulse, but the dying man felt no pain. When the springing of the trap happened, his neck had been broken. Hmm. After execution, Kerry Peitzel told an Inquirer reporter, quote, yes, it is a relief to me to know that he did not succeed in escaping the gallows. Still, that does not bring my husband and my poor little tr- children back to me, unquote. Truly, if the families of Holmes, many other victims could speak, they'd, they'd say the same thing. Now, and I'm not trying to say that your source might be wrong, but I had read something different about the execution. I did too. And that was that as soon as it, uh, they released it because he was hung. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Very. <laughs> uh, that there was something that happened uh, in which he did not die right away. He actually... Uh, there was something about the way that the rope was tied in which he actually dangled there for several minutes before dying. Hmm. And it's almost like he, he suffocated, mm. which is like, sweet, Doesn't, sweet karma. Now, don't you get your choice of how you're executed? Isn't that how we play? I don't know, especially back well, then. Yeah, because like, no, I mean, like there's been a recent sh- like firing squad, I would say within the last this century mm-hmm. i well even firing like in squads, washington dc or something isn't there issues with that because and someone actually but they chose it hmm. i mean i i think i would most people go with um lethal injection yeah 
Because they give they give you like it's like putting a cat or mm-hmm. dog down. They give you the sedative and then they mm-hmm. do the the uh, deed. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, no, it was just something I saw that he actually he suffered for a few minutes there, hmm. which I how, thought was was sweet. How justice. do we all feel about the death penalty? Next, Ooh. we'll tackle abortion. <laughs> actually, I think we've met, we've talked. About I, th- this I think before. we have, but you know, maybe it's been a while and. Mm-hmm. Been a while. I would say I am for it, especially for giant pieces of crap like this guy. Yeah, um, I am pro death penalty, especially when it comes to pedophiles, rapists. That I'm, line of I'm for it if we've got we've got multiple witnesses, right? Without sure. a shadow of a doubt, we know it's we got you on video. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on. Take you out. Mm-hmm. No problem there. I would say that I'm the same. But it has to be without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's hard. You know, we don't, uh, and there's got in there's certain circumstances like there was in Texas where they it but it is interesting brings up that they they executed a man with an IQ of like sixty eight. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, he's like Whatever he's not the technical term mentally what I don't know mm-hmm. mentally challenged mentally challenged, but he did kill you know he did kill mm-hmm. somebody so like right. <sighs> yeah it's a tough call I think that you're is. right though it would have to be one hundred percent proven yeah. guilty but I think that was also when we had the discussion before uh, April had mentioned about if it was somebody who was a pedophile or a rapist that we cut uh, their dick off. We can do, we them. can do, uh, a, and follow the Constitution. Nothing, mm-hmm. got, you know, not like you're using a rusty saw. No, we can do it chemically, pain free. Oh, no, you know what I would have? I know that's why you're not president. <laughs> I would have a tiny, like, mouse sized guillotine mm-hmm. and just slide it in there and pull the thing. Yeah. And just I get I get where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. But but I think to do it correctly is yeah, to do I, it no, the, the painlessly correct way is the best way to do it. Even if we want to make it painful of for course these we want assholes. To. There's a, the revenge factor, I swear, mm-hmm. is in the lizard part of the brain. Yep. True. Uh, I would love for these people to have pain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but what if you're okay? It's easy to say and then hand it off to someone else. Mm-hmm. For them to you want to. them to die and you want them to die painfully. You got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you got to live with it. It's a pedophile. It, it doesn't bother me. Okay. I, I, I would tend to agree. I, I, again, we go to like Tough. talking about executioners. Mm-hmm. They got to go yeah. home with that. Yeah. So let's talk about H.H. Holmes post his death. He fell. The thing snapped. Josh said there was some issue. Yeah, there was something that happened in the process, and he did not die right away. Well, it took a little longer for him to die, but monsters tend to little need a little bit of a snag. A little pull. <laughs> Holy Cross Cemetery in Philadelphia is where H.H. Holmes, now Herman Mudgett, is buried after his jailhouse con- can conversion. Go piss on his grave. Mm-hmm. He can he converted to Catholicism. 
during which he claimed he was the hey, devil. My wife's Catholic. He requested <laughs> burial there in the spacious tree-filled mini-city. Before his death, his body was the subject of some debate. The Wistar Institute wanted to buy his brain, but Holmes wouldn't allow it. When he died, the undertaker, following Holmes' orders, filled his Rest in peace. <laughs> they filled the coffin with gasoline, with cement. Oh. Wow. Put his body in and covered it with more cement. At Holy Cross, the coffin was lowered 10, ten feet into the ground. They really want him to stay dead. <laughs> they had to covered, compensate for the fucking cement. Right? And covered with more cement. There's no headstone, and the place where he's buried is now a bu- large bunch of uh, grass. Though Holmes' intention was to keep his body from being dug up, this inattention afforded him something else. And... An anonymity. 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 Three of us like got April is clearly the tutor. <laughs> the smart. Without uh, any monomina. marker. You're without, clearly the smarts of the operation. Without someone any, has to be. <laughs> without any marker on his grave and with a new sem- sem- century be- seminary. No. With a new century beginning, Holmes and his crimes slowly receded into the annals of history. Finding his grave now is like, I guess, finding some grotesque treasure, but it has a bit of a... Po- anal canal. Has anybody actually found that spot, though? No. Yeah, look for all the piss burns in the grass. <laughs> I mean, because I'm just, after all these years, I just wondered if anybody's... It, I mean, after it. all these years, if it's unmarked, it's gonna, that's gonna die out as people die out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. This is a bit of a postscript to this story. So, um, <clears throat> we know about him throwing people down, grease shoots, mm-hmm. dissecting them, selling corpses, killing a lot of his wives. He was married like three times over. Not even four. I mean, he was, he was good at it. Seductive, mm-hmm. handlebar mustache man. That's all it took. <laughs> It's like, you know what it's like? It's like being single. Like if I were to be single now, now I'm in my Mm forties, I have a full-time job and a full head of hair. I'm like, I'm like 99% of head of the curve. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The guy back then, he had all his teeth and and a bar mustache. Uh He puts them right in the top 1%. Mm -hmm. Hang out with me, Rad Dad 2019, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Luscious head of hair. You're on your way. Yeah. On March 7th, 1914, the Chicago Tribune reported that with the death of Patrick Quinlan, the caretaker of the castle, the mysteries of the Holmes castle would remain unexplained. Quinlan had committed suicide. So, okay, so he bought the thing from? No, he was the caretaker. He was the caretaker. No shit. He probably knew what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'd kill you. Do you think he committed suicide with his feet hanging down the grease chute just for, out of convenience? Like shot himself and then just went, woo, and slid down the chute. <laughs> he committed suicide by taking a strychnine. His body was found 
in his bedroom with a note that read, My dearest Marjorie. <laughs> quote, I couldn't sleep. That's a guilty conscience if I've ever heard of. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, for real. Now, Quinlan's relatives claimed he had been haunted for several months and suffering from hallucinations. And that was part of the reason. Because he wasn't sleeping, he's hallucinating. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine the amount of like PTSD he must have been dealing with after knowing what went on there. The character, he's probably cleaning up. Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. And the cops went there and they found bones and they tied him to like many people. Now, some say he was convicted of nine. He confessed to 27, mm-hmm. but his numbers could be up in 200s. Wow. H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Good fella. <laughs> no. I'm thirsty. For, for what? I get it. We get. You, for just, you just drink like 800 beers. I did. Why? Okay, I guess for uh, <laughs> does anybody want a verdict? In one corner, four podcasters that'll uh, tell you what the best candy is to get at the gas station. Kit Kat. Almond Joy. In the other corner is H.H. Holmes, so we have to cover. What's the mystery? Yeah. What's the question here? Was he insane or not? Josh. No. I don't think he was insane because he he had a well thought out plan for this entire castle and or this fortress or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was well thought out. Castle of Mm -hmm. Dead Skull. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, uh and so he knew what he was doing the entirety of this time. He wasn't insane, he was a genius in death. Mm-hmm. Which is not good either. So Yeah, I would agree. I think um insane? No. Um was he did he have a sick twisted kink? Yes. Um, but yeah, like Josh said, he knew exactly what he was doing. It was so well thought out and thoroughly planned that there's no way that he could have been insane. Insane, no, but there is certain some there's some sort of mental illness there. Mm-hmm. Well adjusted people just don't kill. And I don't want to make it sound like anybody's mentally ill is like a, you know in the same. Mm-hmm. There's a certain narrow little something there that you hit mm-hmm. where you're killing like there's something wrong with you there has yeah to there be. has to be something between like birth and your and and murder that happens to you mentally it to has, get you yes. there and a lot of times you hear um abuse but mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of people who are abused that don't murder yeah. people so there's something that just clicks or goes off yeah I, it, I think it's after that first time that first kill, then it's like you don't feel bad after that. But something leads up to that first kill mm-hmm. at the same time. That's true. Well, you, we said that he was uh, hurt a lot of animals when he was little. So yeah, clearly it was something that he was born with. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Who Maybe knows? it was Maybelline. Who knows? But I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> not insane, but mentally ill. And so, like, like, yeah, you know, murders must be at some point on some level. Um, I'm going to go with this. I think that he was not insane. I think he was too plotted out to be insane. I think he knew what he was doing. And I think that he und- he's the first American serial killer that we have on record. And also he's probably one of the smartest and he figured it out. Mm-hmm. That's H.H. Holmes. He's unbelievable and a piece of shit. Not to be confused with H.H. Puff and stuff. Ooh. Still on my MySpace profile. That's been your <laughs> verdict. Do we want to do five stars? Yeah, if we got them, we might as well do yeah. them. Five, 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 five star review. Don't think we forgot about you, Dennis Allen. Thank you, my friend. You said, like my bestest of best friends I've never met. Top of the funniest podcasts out there. All thriller, no filler. Ryan, Larry, April, and Josh, keep up the great work. Now, grab a beer, put on your headphones, sit back, and let's talk about this demo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. one of my favorites. Let's talk about Ethan Morrency says, this show is the absolute best. The jokes are top-notch, and Larry... The jokes are top-notch, and Larry's soundboard is always cracking me up. Five stars, five stars is not enough. Five starts? Start. Five shards. Five shards is not enough. <laughs> Poop. Poop. Patrick, Poop. Uh, Patrick Guy says, you guys rock. We do. Hey, thanks, Guy. Would love to hear you guys cover the harp machine. Definitely. Oh, that's a yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done that one yet. Mm-hmm. Future. Yeah. It's up there in Minnesota. It says definitely best random find on Spotify I've <laughs> ever had. Keep it up, guys. Five out of five. Woohoo! Noise. 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 Now this one's coming from a sweet, sweet little girl. Her name is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I mostly listen to y'all while playing video games. Hey, quote Josh feels ya parentheses or thingy backslash. Yeah, <laughs> quote parentheses backslash. Period. <laughs> Comma. I've built many Minecraft house with y'all's voices in the background. This must be a fucked up house. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's probably got stairs that lead it's up probably to probably a murder castle. <laughs> Doors that have brick walls behind them. I never fail to laugh and be increasingly shocked by some of the conspiracy theories. I hope this review goes through because it's the third one I've left, but they never seem to post. Sad face. Well, this one did. It whoop, did. Whoop. Anywho, this podcast is great. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. I'd agree. For yeah. relaxing and just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. We are. We it's have, about the effort we put into it. <laughs> feels like I'm sitting down with old friends. My name's. I, I'm definitely Al- old. My name's Alyssa. Just really want to hear y'all attempt to say it right because some people <laughs> actually have problems doing so. Sending all my love from Louisiana to you all. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Alyssa. Does anybody else want to say Alyssa? Alyssa. Wait, we were like April now. Like, how, th- how do you think he's going to pronounce it? I was like, Alyssa. No, it's Alyssa. Yeah, that's what I said, thought yeah. too. It's Alyssa, Alyssa with a Y. Yeah. I'm Alyssa? Alyssa? Alyssa, maybe. maybe. I'd guess- assume it's Alyssa. Right. Hmm. But she's from there, from Nolens. Yeah. Just like a weird, like there's certain. Alyssa. St- there's certain states, like Texas is Texas. Mm-hmm. Like you don't group it in with the rest of the Midwest. Right. Like Midwest, like Oklahoma to Michigan is like all Midwest. We we all mm-hmm. blend in together, right? And I think New Orleans or Louisiana in particular is a state that just sticks. It's not the South. It's mm-hmm. like Louisiana. It's its own thing. Well, it's because it's friggin' the shape of the state is the first letter of the state's name. My mind just blowed. No, it blowed. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Ooh, I just. Blowed your mind. You blowed into my mind. Yep. Was that was that the five stars? Yeah. Okay. That's five stars. Aluma <laughs> mommy. Is. Can you handle some mail sack questions? You've never seen me handle a sack like I'm about to ah! right now. All right, so our first question out of the mail sack is from my dear friend, Janessa. I I believe you sang about her. I did. I think I invited her to get Starbucks. Yes. Yes, she did. I'm pretty sure that was Janessa. It's crazy what her minds will like hold on to. I know. But but yeah, I can't remember when like doctor's appointments are. I don't know what my grandma's birthday is. Yeah, any kind of useful knowledge. She's dead, but still. (laughs) I didn't know where the oatmeal was because... True. Right. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right. Uh, she wrote, if you were to stay in H.H. Holmes Hotel, do you think he would successfully kill you or do you think that you could outsmart him? Uh, let's go with Larry. Yeah, he's totally going to outsmart me. <laughs> I think so. I think he'd kill me. Like, yeah. I'm too trusting. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. There's steel plates on this. <laughs> oh, someone on fire. <laughs> this Larry's on fire. Exactly. Yep. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I'd probably die, but I like to think that maybe I would escape. Okay. Like, I'm hopeful that I would escape. Is I'm, it- I'm also one, I don't have tits and a vagina. Well, I have tits. So you have to worry about that with Agent Holmes, right? So I could just be like, it's like the the the, the zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. dude. I am unless you're like a, an athlete, you're not making it out, really. Cardio. Yeah. Let's be Cardio. honest. Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> 
I think my only chance would be if I like tried to redu- reverse seduce him. Yeah. And I was like, you hey, have to use if your you, handlebar. If you let me out of here, I'll give you a real good blowy. Your handlebar pube job. Exactly. There. <laughs> handlebar bush. <laughs> yeah. That would be my only chance. But yeah, I, I think he would probably. And then the handlebars would lock like horns on a ram. <laughs> Two rams during rutting season. <laughs> <laughs> fight to the death until one one person's hips break. Blur, blur. All right. Um, the next question is from Skylar. Hey, Skylar. Hey, Skylar. I love. I, I just love her. I love her so much, Skylar. I love you. Just want oh. you to know that oh. in a very platonic way. I love mm-hmm. you very much. All right, uh, Skylar says, what is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? My husband inherited a real Nazi armband that his great-grandfather took off a German soldier in World War II. We definitely get some weird looks, questions, and people just in general being taken aback by it since we yeah. have it hanging proudly next to a picture of his great-grandfather escorting uh, POW. Huh. Uh, we're not Nazis, I swear. Oh, I see. Oh, wait, I see. He he took it off a dead off soldier. Off a Nazi, okay. Or took it off a an alive Soldier? I don't know. I took it off a Nazi. Off a Nazi. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel a lot Yeah, better. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, does anyone? I, I'll go I with the, go. I'll go with the, uh, someone's taxidermied their cat. <laughs> their dead okay. cat. That's a little strange. That is, yeah. Like, I love my Cash, she passed away. We got her cremated. Mm-hmm. I love Chewy, my dog. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need him standing in the corner. I don't need to use him <laughs> as a way to hold my door open in the summer while the yeah. breeze comes in. You know what I mean? Can you repeat sure. the question? What is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? Um. Well, the brief period I was staying. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Here we go. <sighs> I'm oh, some readjusting. My, Here we my go. body is ready. All right. I stay with my dad for like two or three years in high school. And I found it's his, called home. I found his karma sutra book. Oh, oh, no. It's always weird when it's your parents. Yeah. It really bothered me. I can imagine it would bother me, too. I'm like, is he into butt sex with like Asian women? Like. To, wait, oh, like like if it was butt sex with white women, it'd be okay. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like I, oh, that's fine. But uh. as a kid, I was just like, it's very descriptive, Dad. Like, Kama Sutra imagine- is like sexy people origami. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying that, like, it- a lot of those positions look like look good, mm-hmm. but when you try to execute them, yeah, fucking hurt. I know. Like I feel like there's, twister. there's too yeah. much like logistics that goes yeah. into it. And you're like, okay, now uh, let me look at the diagram. Okay, now put your leg here. Okay, mm-hmm. now uh, lean a little bit to the right. No, that's not natural. That's not no. like organic or or orgasmic. Yeah, that too. I'm gonna take a play from Larry's book here because I've always thought it was weird. But anytime I had a buddy growing up that his dad was a hunter, and so they had there was um. Sorry, the when, cat. I thought the cat was going to knock over the flowers. Yeah, her, yeah. her fat butt was going to knock. And this not yeah, glass. not on purpose, mm-hmm. but like just like she was going to like yeah. must get to food. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Anytime there's like 
deer that on the walls. That, I maybe because I grew weird. up around it. Yeah. I mean, it. I guess I'm just saying it's one of the weirder things. Like I've seen like dead I guess if badgers really, and stuff. I think if you really break it down, it is weird to put the animal you murdered's face on the wall. <laughs> when you break it down, it really is strange to put a murdered animal's face on your wall. Well, and it's it's always I like, ate this. This this I ate. <laughs> you don't do it like <laughs> you don't do it with cows it's or pigs. Like a, it's not like a shrimp tail you nailed to the wall. <laughs> a little tiny shrimp tail because yep. you ate sh- fucking cocktail shrimp yep. that night. Oh man! I, I mean, hey, yeah, I know. <laughs> Taxidermy is just weird. It is. It is. I, you know, I kind of grew up like my uncle was a hunter, so I always kind of grew up around and seeing mm-hmm. it. And I grew up in a rural area, but when you break mm-hmm. it down, it is really weird yeah. to put the. The your food's face up on the mm-hmm. wall. See, and mine, ironically, is also taxidermy. I have a friend who comes from a very well-off family, mm-hmm. and the dad, they're like multi-millionaires, and he's a big game no. hunter. So, no shit. You walk into their house, and they have an entire room like a museum of dead animals and they're all like mounted in poses. Like there's a goat on a rock and there's a bear doing like the bear pose. And their excuse and, is always funny. Oh, they're beautiful animals. Why the fuck did you shoot yeah. it? They and, have a monkey doing the Vogue thing from the Madonna video. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The Vogue monkeys. Yes. Vogue yeah. monkeys. Strike, strike those poses. Yeah. So, and it's like, and, but it's all over the house. There's like turkeys everywhere and like, Eight different deer all over the house, and there's a mountain lion. I want to put a chicken, just a chicken's head up, because I eat chicken. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's put a chicken head Might up. As well, maybe like a perch face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what other like? It would just be big. Mouth, this is the mouse ass. I caught in my mouse trap. A Big Mac box. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. That's the kind of taxidermy we should be doing. Exactly. A fillet of fish wrapper. Yep. Just nailed to the wall. I am all for that. <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Eddie Dwyer. Eddie. Uh, he wants to know, is the S or the C silent in the word sent? Asking for a friend. C. S. Ooh. No, that's, it, I believe it is the C. I think when it becomes when it's an SC, the C silences itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how the grammar works on that, but no. I'm pretty sure it's the S. I'm gonna go with something doesn't smell right with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. What do you get? I'm gonna go with the C. Okay. Always go for the C, guys. All yeah. right. Um, our next question is another one from Janessa. Hey. Um, I love this question. What? Larry can't answer this one. Sorry, Larry. I know. What is the creepiest thing your kid has ever said to you? I'm your kid. <laughs> since I don't have any oh yeah since I don't have any kids that mm-hmm. wouldn't creep me out yeah mine probably and this is from like gosh when Josh and I just started dating and I was laying in bed with Garrett because he couldn't sleep and I was rubbing his back and he turned his head and he was like 98% asleep and turned his head and he went these are my bones don't touch them please Whoa! Like, okay, that's some serial killer shit know, right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> These are my bones. <laughs> yeah, I would say that, and this is very recent. Um, 
was it also involves Garrett mm-hmm. was saying something about the there's a little girl at his mom's house that he has conversations with mm-hmm. and we're like oh is it your one of your sisters no is it the other sister no it's another girl and she lives in our house yeah like a, he, like a ghost or yeah. something yeah like sometimes I see her but in the cool hallway yeah he seems so super chill because if and there's... he keeps taking out freaking ghost books from the library now if he is cool with it then we have to be cool with it. right because he would be I would say he was he would be the ghost alarm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if it froke him out, I'd be like, all right, we need to be froked yeah, out. Yeah, for real. Froked out. <laughs> froked out. <laughs> all right, what about you, Ryan? Um, I... That's tricky, because some of them, I don't know if they're asking for attention. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make me cry? Why is that just like my go-to? Was it you? Yeah, because that's the same thing I did in the Men in Black clip. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make me cry? And it's the same fucking thing I do on the We Are... And I go... The Men in Black, yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's my drunk sing-along voice. That's anyway, hilarious. Ryan, yes. All right, what are we talking about? Uh, kids, creepiest thing your kid has ever said. Oh shit! My kid actually pointed at me and was like, "May fifth, twenty thirty-eight, you will die falling down a staircase." <laughs> Like what? And which I one was, was that? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. But I mean, still, it fits with Larry's sound effects. Mm-hmm. It does. It's hard to know. think of stuff like because my mean, kids, kids always say weird things. My kids always say weird things. Cora says weird things, but most of it is like, I just want to jump into a pile of mushrooms, <laughs> or I just want to jump into a pile of fluff. I, I don't know. I do. It was borderline creepy when she had um, squeezers. That was a squeezers was a little weird. Oh well, at the time I was, I was dating somebody, and I remember telling her the story, and she's just been like, <laughs> <laughs> and my own uh, now my ex-wife was just like, whatever. I'm cold like the dark clouds of the moon. I just couldn't figure out why. Like she, she really loved that fucking squeezers, man. A little baby bunny that was dead, and she wanted to well, carry it I mean, with her. She everywhere. wasn't like squeezing their eyeballs out, but right. like, I walked up and she was just like, she, she. It's actually really sad. It's like very Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Like she thinks she's like taking care of these yeah. little corpses. Well, and she was pretty little when that happened. She, she was what, two. Th- yeah. Oh, like she Cora. picked up dead bunnies and was just like, mm-hmm. "They're my squeezers." <laughs> Oh, squeezers. Squeezers. Wet blanket time. Okay. Yeah. Hey. All right. Last question from Collier. Ah, Collier. Collier. If you. He's Dave Collier. Oh, you don't want to be that. No. Cut it out. <laughs> if you could make a cameo in any movie, which one? Mine would be Land of the Dead. That's. Ouch. Is it a, a, like a cameo? Like, hey, I'm an extra on the set, or like, oh, I'm would, in this. No, I'd assume it would. It's just like an extra. 
Because cameo is like a, just a short. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and take this. And because of my stature and my face, I'm going to go with Game of Thrones. You would make a good Game of Thrones extra for mm-hmm. sure. I, I die, but that's well, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would do like um, I would do like a McDonald's commercial. Ooh. <laughs> Buying okay. a, a McChicken with ketchup on it. No, no, oh, I would be a, I would be a chicken nugget, like a little chicken nugget. Oh no, mm-hmm. not Remus! That's the fry guys you're thinking of. Oh, that's oh, right. I yeah. double, I dip both my stuff in the same. No, that sounds bad. Yeah. Yes. What about you? Blowjob Queens Four. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part, though, is that it's only a cameo. I don't care that I don't have to be there long. <laughs> I mean, someone's Smell. really good at their job. 37 <laughs> seconds and you're good mm-hmm, to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, your room is open next door, girls. <laughs> My name is Lawrence Nice. I know Big old britches. <laughs> how, about, how about you, dear? Um, I would cameo in... I swear to God, if you say the same movie as Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um... Jeez, that's a hard one. I would probably cameo. That's what they would say in his movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, boy, that's tough. I would cameo in the Notebook, The Princess Bride. No, I'm thinking Pirates. Total Recall. I'm thinking Pirates of the Caribbean because I think Johnny oh. Depp is super hot, and I also think Orlando Bloom is super hot. Johnny Depp seems like he's good looking, but once you got to know him, he can't dance. <laughs> like he's spending all his yeah, money on wine. Like there's something like Orlando Bloom. I think you'd be fine. Yeah, I feel like you have a fun night though with, with no Johnny oh, Depp. Oh my no, god! I know. Oh, shit. I know what it is. Okay. I know what okay, it okay. is. Okay. Shh, shh. I <laughs> I would cameo uh, in Aquaman. Oh, that's a good fucking Jason movie. Momoa. Yeah. No, I'm just serious. So I would, I would be like, I don't even need to cameo. Yeah, for real. I would just be the person that carries around his towel when he gets out of the water. Mr. Momoa. You guys are going to all love that movie. I'm excited. It's like the best movie, action movie I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for reading those. That's your mail sack. Yeah, no problem. Fun. Live to serve. So you're also, when you're not Yahoo Answers, you're the mail sack. Mm, I just do whatever you guys tell me. But also be just super pretty. Female sack. <laughs> guys, guys. I have two of those. Guys. Guys. Gal. <laughs> We've done all the things. We're at the end of the literally the longest episode we, I think we've ever done. Feels like it. I think I think he's asking you to crack a crab leg. No, I was going to say, uh, hey, guys, if you didn't catch the announcement, we're on Stitcher now. Oh, what was great? Who stitches with a spoon? It's a needle. I, sw- going I was like, out. all of a sudden I had this want for butter pecan ice cream. This Wait, is why we never now? win charades. Right? Now you all want right. that ice cream? I always want. Yeah, guys, that, I was pulling it through. No, you were like, like a, bl- like a blizzard. <laughs> I am no doctor. If you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Stitcher, but also we're on YouTube posting clips weekly. I'm going to be doing that myself. So 
I just posted a new one. It's the Cousins Podcast Hangout. So funny. There's a new one probably coming from this episode. See it and love it. Like it. Does anybody have anything I want to share? Anybody have anything they want to throw out there before we end this bad bear? Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make me cry? And Atlantis came and then Sir Robin ran away because he was a pussy. There was a place where people didn't have to go hungry or make themselves into sex slaves. Before people knew what a microwave was, there were things that came and went like a floating city car thing and a bank that tells you stories. Because who knows what Atlantis is, but I'll figure it out. One day I'm a minstrel. Help me, I'm gay. Penis, penis, penis. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Robin. Oh, God almighty. All right, we'll see you next week. Have another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a great one, guys. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. (laughs) 